Good evening. You're listening to Three Moves Ahead. I am Len. I am your host for this week, and I am joined by uh, 3MA's behind-the-scenes radar technician. I don't actually know at this point. Uh, Me Mike, Mike Gillis. Hi. And joining us once again, uh, the esports editor at Sports Business Journal, Jason Wilson. Hello. And we are here to talk about uh, Songs of Conquest, uh, which recently released. It is, um, of course, I, I have extensive notes, but I didn't write down the developer name. So I'm heading over to the Steam page. <laughs> uh, Lava Potion. Uh, it's a turn-based um, strategy tactics RPG similar to the Heroes of Might and Magic series. Uh, published by Coffee Stain that just released into early access. Um, I guess it didn't just release. This was about a month ago. We've been feels like we've been trying to record this episode for about a month. Oh, um, boy. Yeah. So this was an interesting one for me um, because I was not a huge Heroes of Might and Magic person growing up. It was one of those games that like my friend's dad would have on their computer and I'd play it a little bit when I was over at their house. Uh, but it wasn't ever something I dove that deep into. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious uh, with uh, with both of you, uh, Jason, let's uh, did you play a lot of Might and Magic? And do you feel like this is very similar? Yes, I played lots of Heroes of Might and Magic and the original Might and Magic RPG series. Right, right. And and they're two of my favorite series in all of um, RPG gaming, uh, especially Heroes, because at the time, you know, I was a young college student slash adult. And so any game that offered lots of repeatability was always good. Um, mm -hmm. So I was a huge fan. Until about Hero 6. Hero 6 was different than the rest of them. And I kind of accepted it, but it kind of had lost something for me. And then Hero 7 was just so buggy that I barely played any of it because it was such a mess. Yeah, I've heard it kind of took a took a dive there at the end. Do you feel like this is for one thing, are they trying to be a spiritual successor like everybody is sort of billing this as uh, and two, are they doing a good job of it? I would say yes and yes. But the question for me is it whether or not they're, you know, being a spiritual successor is whether or not this is still what I want. And that's the question. That's the question that I'm still kind of grappling with as I play it, because um, I've been picking at it here and there. Uh, and and my my thing is, when I first played it, it was like that moment in Ratatouille where the critic eat, he eats the Ratatouille and is like <laughs> instantly transported back to his youth. And I was like, oh, this is just what I love about everything when it comes to a strategy RPG like this. And then I would say a couple hours later, I was like, Oh, it's not, you know, it's nice, but it's not like, oh, this is so great. It wasn't the same kind of nostalgia feeling that I would get playing, um, say, Pillars of Eternity or Divinity Original Sin. When you think back to the old Bioware slash Black Isle games, it was just like, oh, it's nice. It's nice. And there wasn't much more to say. Interesting. And I'm hoping there is as I keep playing it. But that's kind of where I've kind of landed. It's like, oh, it's nice. And it's nice to play something like this again. But I'm not sure this is what I really want anymore. Mike, what was your uh, history with Palm? And where do you feel like this fits into that legacy? I'm more in uh, in the camp with you, Len. I I didn't really get into Hom and I don't know what it was because it seems like in retrospect, it would have been right up my alley, but it seems to be one of those like Sega versus Nintendo things where either you were a <laughs> Hom person or you weren't. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I've definitely, you know, I, I know lots of people have uh, said tons of great things about Heroes of Might and Magic, um, but I'm coming at this with not much background with that. So um it'll be interesting to to see what um what differences in perspective the three of us have 
Yeah, so I think, and I wish uh, John Bolding had been able to make it, but I think he got his power knocked out by a storm. So uh, so we might have to talk to him about it later at some point if we're doing another uh, just uh, off-duty episode or something. But yeah. So the, I guess the difference gameplay-wise, if you don't know what this type of game is, uh, you've got you've got your guy. Um, is it are they called summoners or conjurers or some wielders? Wielders. Wielders. You are a we- you're the wielder of essence, which is essentially magic. Right. Um, and they don't actually get down on the battlefield and participate in combat, but you have a squad of like recruitable troops, which can be anything from like knights to like fairies to zombies. Um, I still Frogs. have not played all of the four factions yet so that's something i still need to dig into um and uh they will actually fight but then your character can also be equipped with gear uh that increases the stats of your army even though you're not actually there on the battlefield and then based on which type of essence your your troops that you have played have they generate mana for you which uh you can use to cast spells from a bunch of uh, different schools and that's what i thought was one of the more interesting aspects of this is that sort of my my arsenal as a spellcaster is so heavily dependent on which kind of troops i'm fighting with uh because that like the main good guy faction uh which the name i'm also blanking on right now uh the the blue guys they have <laughs> You would think that I would have like written down something useful in my notes instead of, uh, but, but yeah. that gets that kind of gets back to something I was thinking about as yeah. I played this game. It's like, oh, it's nice, but it's not memorable. You know, the only faction that's re- memorable to me is the frogs, uh, the Rana. Yeah, they're definitely like I think the most interesting. Arleon is the name of the 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 main like. Yeah, I, <laughs> with a name like that, I think Blue Guys kind of covers it anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's got like Lion is suggested in there. Uh, they're Lordaeron. They're your, I mean, sort of your basic humans, except they also get fairies. Um, and it's interesting because if you bring a, a very fey heavy army, the types of spells you're casting are going to be very different than if you had like a, you know, basic you know, basic bitch human army, basically. Um, and then yeah, that's also a good description seven, of it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I think and, and, then, and then what's nice about it is just like with older heroes type games, um, you, you could upgrade your towns and thus you could upgrade your troops. Right. Yeah. So there's like, there's there's a little bit of a base building element to it. There's also... I think my favorite part, honestly, is like the exploration element where you're just like going around interacting with these sort of places of interest that they might give you a stat boost or they might give you some resources. Um, the one thing that I kept feeling with the exploration stuff is like, I wish that this was on like a tick system instead of a turn system, like stuff just happens based on how many spaces I've moved versus like oh you move eight spaces and then you have to hit in turn and then everything updates um, yeah 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 the turns yeah, feel is- kind of irrelevant almost right like it's an artifact of an older game design it totally is because it's exactly the way it worked in heroes and in uh games like king's bounty right yeah um yeah, I yeah just, I so felt like it broke it, it broke up the exploration a little bit too much i think yeah, is it is it basically exactly the way Heroes and uh, of, of Might and Magic worked on on the overworld? Because it kind of coming at it without any of that background, it just sort of felt to me like the exploration was sort of fun in that I liked clicking on things and getting stuff, but it also felt like it none of it really needed to be there at all. Um, yeah, it 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 totally is just like Might and Magic was back in the day. Um, and, and that's one of the things that an older series like uh, King's Bounty, which was kind of a rebirth of an old series, but then totally inspired by Heroes of Mind and Magic, um, 
it wasn't based on turns. It was just you keep moving and you keep moving and you keep moving, and then you stop when you stop, either for an encounter or um, to pick something up or to go to a tavern or some other sort of facility. And I kind of wish this was more like that. I mean, I understand that they want to be able to um, have the interactive aspect of an opposing army moving against you. And, and so that comes with the turns. But, you know, the turns just, you know, at times feel clunky, especially when you have more than one wielder out, which in this case would just be more than one hero. Out. Right. I usually ended up just putting my extra wielders in towns. <laughs> I didn't have to think about them that much because you can like station them as a garrison, basically. Um, yeah, that's so it, it gets back to the old mind magic um, way of doing things, which I would always have one guy in town, another one out and about doing their things. And then I would turn the one in town into the mule who would bring the fresh troops to the other one and then go back to town and bring the fresh troops and go back to town. Um What's nice is, in my experience, at least so far, with the Aurelian campaign, is uh, between the undead and the fairies early on, you're um, you're under pressure to where you can't really do that. Yeah, that's true. They will, like, try to hit your supply lines and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, which uh, I haven't I haven't played through a whole lot of that campaign. I'm only like I've mostly been playing skirmish mode because that's kind of how I like to learn is like, okay, just give me everything and I'm going to figure it out on my own. I did play. Oh, I bet you yeah. skirmish mode for this would be good. I haven't played. I've been playing through the Aurelian and the Rana campaigns. Yeah, I played some of the, the Arleon campaign uh, for the preview I did uh, back in April, I think it was. Um, which is, it's, I don't know. It kind of struck me as I'm not sure if the person I'm playing as is actually a, a good a good person. Um. Yeah, no, I think whatever her name is is it, she's just a cop, right? Yeah, like she's just going <laughs> pretty much, pretty bandits. much. Yeah, um, more a, a cop or a petty lord, right? Like yeah. it's just like some yeah, it's some Crusader King stuff. The 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 people out in the countryside are getting unruly and you got to go hit them over the head so they'll stop doing that and uh and then you get proclaimed as a hero but i don't know where it goes like in terms of what direction it goes uh later on so maybe yeah I'll be wrong I, about that i keep imagining that maybe it's going to take a turn because she has to sort of do some kind of reconciliation with the fairies and i feel mm. like that's a probably about to happen where i am but so far it's really just been her showing up and going you violated the law and then <laughs> chopping people with swords yeah what's what's what i one thing i am liking so far is it, in between the two campaigns you're you're fighting yourself up against a common foe in both of the the bayard the uh, mercenaries mm -hmm. um in the early on campaign, the mercenaries are out doing someone else's bidding and messing with you and your, your kingdom. But with the Rana campaign, they're slavers and they're making your, your poor frog people work in the mines and oh, you're rebelling against them. And, and, and so it's really, it, I, I like seeing this one faction is kind of like out there and is, um, you know, kind of, kind of a common foe in both campaigns. Um, you know, some people may not like the fact that the Bayern are, you know, clearly based on, you know, folks from the Middle East. And so they're villains in both. Yeah, um, they, they, they literally may not like have that. a unit. They literally have a unit called the Sassanid, which was kind of on the nose. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little on the nose there. But uh, but but the, the contrast that you get and how uh, you, you see both of them having the both of these forces having to deal with these mercenaries on whole different terms. One, it's like, oh, you know, we're just honorable mercenary in the Aurelian campaign. It's, oh, we're the honorable mercenaries and we don't really want to fight you here because you're going to kick our butts. You know, can we be, you know, adults and civil about this? And you're like, no, I'm going to bang you over the head because I'm being, you know, kingdom cop here. But then in the other one, they're, they're, they're cruel slavers. Interesting. The other thing is, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is different from how the old Hom campaigns were structured, right? Because you're moving 
between these preset maps, almost like an RTS. And I always got the impression that Heroes of Might and Magic was like a big, huge world that you kind of went around and did quests and stuff, which might be closer to the skirmish mode in this game. Yeah, except with the exception that, you know, you would go on from chapter to the chapter to faction to faction. And so you okay. would get some different maps. Okay. Yeah, that, 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 uh, yeah, this is very, it, it feels, the way the campaign is structured feels very much like a Warcraft 3 or something where, you know, you finish this map and you go on to the next map and you're building a whole new base and all that stuff. But, uh, obviously you could unlock some new troop types and stuff along the way. Um, I really have enjoyed playing like armies that are almost exclusively made up of Fey units and just dropping chaos sorcery all over the place. Um, most of it, it's kind of like wild magic in D&D. A lot of it has like a random element to it. Like you get a teleport spell where you know you're going to end up in one square around where you click, but you don't know where. And it's a lot of fun stuff like that. Um, have either of you really uh, bonded with uh, any particular faction or, or units that you really like to use a lot? So I, I like the Rana because mm -hmm. I, I like the fact that, you know, in so many games, uh, frog people, with the exception of, you know, Chrono Trigger, the Frog Knight, uh, you know, the frogs are based off of, you know, kind of like D&D Bullywogs, so they're bad guys and they're coming out for the swabs or they're bandits in the swabs. And I kind of like the fact here that no, no, no. In this case, they're, they're, they're these poor betrotted slaves that you're helping liberate. Yeah, I feel really bad every time I kill any of the frog knights in, in the campaign. Because the, the, uh, <laughs> uh, something we, we haven't mentioned yet is the the graphical treatment. And I think mostly it's it's really nice. Like it's it's really nice pixel art. Um, but every time you yeah. um, you have a victory at the end of a battle, um, the last person you kill, it zooms in really hard on them and the pixels get really big and and they fall to the ground dramatically and the music goes nuts. And uh, yeah, when they do that on a, on a frog night, I just feel like, what am I doing? <laughs> They're so nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really like the art style, actually. I know we just, we've talked on this show in the past about like retro pixel art mm -hmm. fatigue, but I I just feel like this they pull it off. This direction that they went is yeah, it's it's kind of like I I, I almost would describe it as like an SNES remaster sort yeah. of art style. Like it has that that like early nineties feel, but it's also very sharp, and they do some like cool things with shadows that wouldn't have been possible it's, back in, it, it's, in those yeah. days. And um, it's akin to the stuff that dot dot emu is doing with uh their retro remakes you know yeah. like we said the, the tmt T game that came out it's like oh yeah you know everything looks the same and but at the same time you can say oh you know you can you can tell they did some good work here with the shadows and oh these pieces of terrain look better than what you would get from the original stuff and and, and they've got that here especially on the battlefields um yeah but it does kind of feel like like what i was saying before about um about the the overworld feeling kind of unnecessary sometimes because it sort of feels like in the campaign you're just kind of going on a click fest you know and and so you uh -huh. bring up that that overlay and then you just go okay go here 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 i mean sometimes there are some interesting path choices and that's something but um yeah it's it's kind of funny um but I mean, on the other hand, it's not like I don't enjoy doing that. And if they're if it's homage to to the original Heroes in Might and Magic, I guess I can't really complain. Um, but it does get a little bit more. Oh, well, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that. Um, yeah, uh, that made me uh, talking about the overworld makes me think of of something I was going to say before, which is that. I feel like, and maybe you have some perspective on this, Len. I've only really like scratched the surface on skirmish mode, but it it feels yeah. like that would be a lot different when you've got you know four. Um, like I was setting up uh, four way free for alls and just kind of seeing how it went, and um, I think that's uh, it can be really interesting to see sort of how the um, how that 
interplay works when you've actually got a turn system and you've got locations and things and and you really have to think about what you're doing. Yeah, you definitely I mean, what part of the problem is that the the current AI is not very good. I think that there's only like easy and normal, I yeah. want to say, or that it's casual and normal and like yeah, and the normal is is not very good. <laughs> um like I I'll run into them 50 turns in and they still have like a very, very poor army compared to what I've been able to put together. But the movement budget definitely does matter a lot more in the skirmish mode because you'll start out and it's like, oh, okay, if I hit this signpost first, which gives me a couple extra movement points, I can grab this wood and this gold over here and already have a lumber mill up on the first turn. So it's almost like, you know, optimizing your your economy macro at the very beginning of a starcraft game where you're like trying to think how can i get this positive feedback loop rolling as fast yeah as possible. starcraft was actually um, the first thing i thought of when i was scrolling through the yeah. skirmish maps because some of them are set like they clearly took time on the map design and there's a, mm -hmm. a good symmetry and we haven't had time to do this but i think it'd be really interesting to fire this up with actual humans in a multiplayer match and i feel like there's probably a lot of really interesting depth there, but I'm also wondering what the pace is like. Yeah, yeah. And I've played I played one game on one of the smaller maps and one game on one of the bigger maps. And if you're playing on the bigger map, you know, you might not even see the enemy for a while. So it kind of feels like a single player RPG, which is kind of cool sometimes. Um, but yeah, it's definitely... The maps are designed where there's like, oh, there's a natural expansion base yeah. and um, they'll have portals around that you can like send your guys through to. Uh, you don't really necessarily know where they're going to end up, um, but it can put you in some interesting situations. Um, but then it, it sort of has a similar problem, I think, to early game in a Total War campaign where. You don't want to auto resolve anything because it's pretty important to win a lot of your early battles with as few casualties yeah. as possible because you just can't replace them that quickly when you have you know starter buildings or depending on which wielder you start as you might not be able to replace them at all until quite a bit later yeah um, uh, this becomes a uh, issue in uh i think it's chapter three of the uh early on campaign Mm -hmm. uh, where where you face the big undead knight coming in and it starts pump-stopping your town. And you have to go and fall back and rebuild somewhere else and then get strong enough to face the knight. And then once you face the knight and you're, you're you know, out of resources and have to rebuild your army, you then have this big fae who comes off and then starts pump-stopping where you had fallen back to. And so now you have to rebuild the area you just reconquered. Yeah, yeah. And it feels like, you know, the the tactical battles don't take too long, so I don't feel like I'm auto resolving a lot. But the auto resolve also feels like very yeah. brutal. Um, <laughs> far more than far more than in games like Heroes or King's Bounty, from right. what I remember. Yeah, like sometimes it'll be like you won, but you have three guys left. It's like, OK, great. I guess I should have fought that one manually. Um yeah, the actual battle system, I almost it, it almost feels a little bit too simple to me sometimes. I don't know. There's there's like terrain hexes and you have your spells and like sometimes there's blockers that can block ranged attacks that, you know, you can knock over and stuff like that. Um, but it seems like it's designed to be very fast paced and it's designed mostly around using unit abilities in interesting ways more so than it is giving you an interesting battlefield to fight on yeah um, the, the one difference from um heroes games is that there's elevation to it right and, and so that becomes very important for the way you used your range forces and, and and what what what's also nice is you know units to have spears tend to have a longer reach so you have to watch mm -hmm. out for their areas of influence and how far away they are when they stab you and uh, if you got a crossbow or a musket, you have to reload. So, so there's definitely some give or take to how you approach the tactics of each individual conflict. 
Right. Um, and I'm curious to play. I haven't really played much with uh, the Loth or um, or the Baria factions yet. So I'm I'm curious to see how they fight because yeah, like I know um, Baria gets musketeers. Uh, one other sort of like trend in the strategy game world right now that that uh, they have taken to heart though is that everybody is getting rid of hit chances. So the the range troops will have like a sort of like an outer range bracket, and then they have a deadly range if you can get in even closer, um, which I thought was kind of an interesting way to uh, solve that problem of of not making range troops too powerful without having to introduce some sort of like, oh, you might you might do 40 damage or you might do no damage. Uh, I think it's interesting just to see how that the the genre has moved that way because I I think it honestly works a lot better. <laughs> uh, Demon Hunters is another game that did that where just your your range damage is based on how far away you are. So if it's in range, you're going to do damage, but the closer you can get, the more damage you can do. Range um, troops definitely seem very powerful. Just with me screwing around, I don't know. It's probably not. Mm-hmm. advanced tactics levels or anything but um but yeah it, it it doesn't make them weaker that's for sure yeah but you know uh, in my experience at least in, in the heroes games and in king's bounty rage troops always were felt strong uh with the exception of maybe the um some of the very weaker ranged units of uh of um certain factions uh but but here they do uh, you know, the crossbow militia, not as much as the bowmen for the Aurelian, whereas with Rana, your um, shamans have blowguns, and they, so they actually do a little bit of poison damage in addition to regular damage. Uh, so there's, and, and the muskets seem very powerful, but, you know, you have the, the, the concession where it's like, okay, well, then after you shoot, you have to reload, and so you don't get to attack in the next round. Right. The other thing that's kind of interesting is there is no like there's no like hold position from what I can tell. And I believe that that was deliberate uh, based on the conversations I had with the developers where they they kind of want you doing something with with all of your units on every turn. Um, And it's sort of I, I guess it sort of creates a momentum that's sometimes annoying, but it I guess it, it makes sure that the battles get over earlier like you can't really just like stand back and hide behind your spears and wait for people to i think you can just hit and turn on individual individual units i might just i might just be totally misremembering that conversation no i would i would just end turn on units where it's like oh you know i just want to chill here and i i I don't want to change my position if they couldn't (laughs) attack I need to go look up that transcript because I swore they told me that they deliberately did not include that. But maybe maybe that was some feedback they got. It might have been a last minute change because the button label doesn't. It sounds like you're going to end your entire turn for your entire side. Uh, But I just took a chance once and I wonder what happens if I click this and turns out it just. Yeah. Okay. Well, this episode is going to be called Songs of Len Does Not Understand How the UI Works. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, you, you know, that's what early access is for. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and and there's times where, you know, it definitely could use some improvement with, with the UI. Uh, when you're in close and you have a lot of buildings together, uh, you, you might click on the ground or on a building and not get the click that you wanted. Uh, you know, you may not visit the building you wanted to visit or it might try to move you when you want to visit a building. At least I was having that that experience. Yeah, yeah. Or if it's like, um, again, this is going to be a classic 3MA just nitpicking minutia thing. But uh, if a building... Or if if something is just slightly outside your movement range, it sometimes doesn't indicate to you that you can't reach it this turn. Um, yeah, like because there won't, yeah, there won't be a little the the gray the the distance is too short that the little gray line that normally tells you it's out of range won't show up. But um, overall, I would say this is one of the more polished early access games I've played. Um, 
This feels, it feels like, like something. It feels like the release. Right. Like this feels like if I had bought this at a store and and brought it home, I would not be like, oh, this is a buggy mess. I'm gonna put this away until they fix it. Um I haven't I haven't encountered any bugs. Yeah, me neither. No, and like the the features are it's pretty full featured for an early access game. I don't even know what if they've posted a roadmap of what you know they they still have to do. That's another thing I should have. Uh, I did I did notice in, in sort of early access style that the tutorial could uh-huh. use a little bit more to it. Uh, and if you're if you're kind of new to heroes type games and uh, you're I don't know tired I guess or something I don't know what my excuse is but. Um, there's a lot of little things going on on the UI that I didn't actually notice right away because I was just sort of clicking along and uh, the tutorial doesn't point out. Um, so I think there's a lot they could probably improve. I mean, I'm sure they will improve there. That's not something that is probably uh, top priority when you're putting together early access releases. But um, but yeah, I, I there's something about how... Uh, this scales up that I think it's really, I found it very deceptively uh, deep, actually, right? At first, it seemed like it was just very straightforward. And, uh, you know, the battles are not going to to be that complicated at first. And you're sort of clicking around and, and it's not, um, it, it just doesn't seem like there's actually that much there. So I think they could probably go a little bit faster in, in terms of what they unveil uh, through the first and second chapters of the uh, campaign. But um, it feels like once they start adding uh, in, you know, hey, you have to deal with this this town now and you have to deal with buildings, you have to deal with this and multiple wielders and, hey, there's magic. It starts layering and layering to the point where it feels like... Um, probably like we were saying uh, maybe with humans playing skirmish that 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 could be really deep and really interesting um over time yeah i'm actually looking at their early access page um they they're saying um more skirmish maps and more ai difficulties are two of the big things that are coming they can um, use more AI difficulties. Yeah, that, that is definitely something that it. Can yeah, use. normal is they're not competent, <laughs> <laughs> in my experience. Even as a fairly new player, um, I just found them to be kind of a pushover. Uh, but they also have a a feature upvote uh, user suggestion page where you can upvote features you want, and some of the ones I'm seeing at the top are more playable factions. Um, simultaneous turns in multiplayer, which would honestly be really cool. Yeah. Uh, and a random map generator. But if you compare this to other early access games where it's like, yeah, this is 60% done and we're going to add the other 40% of the game over the course of the next year or something, it's definitely not that. Um, which is, yeah, cool. no. And, and, it, it, you know, like my main, my main complaints with it besides, uh, my own reaction to it has been, you know, I, I feel there's just like a little too much on the map to click on every turn. That doesn't seem to be very consequential. And and I felt like it could use at least one more faction. Four just seems like a weird number. Yeah, yeah. I there There's something missing. I'm not quite sure what it is. But out of the archetypes that we have, it feels like, um, I don't know. Maybe the maybe more of a um it's weird like the the wielders are the magic users, so like it's there's not really a space for like a wizard faction or something like that, but I don't know, maybe more of like a um I'm almost thinking like a greco Roman scholar warrior type faction might be kind of cool um that's just me speculating about <laughs> what I think would be fun to introduce. It does seem world. like there's room um, to let's... add more. Yeah. Like in expansions or, or something like that later on. Yeah. It would, it, it would be nice to have a monstrous faction that wasn't tied to the undead. That's true. Yeah. And like, because Ron, he... I get like dragons eventually, I think. So they're kind of similar. Um, 
Yeah, I guess they're a monstrous faction. I just, you know, I, I have so much affection for those little <laughs> froggy guys. I didn't see them as monstrous. Yeah, they're not like, uh, they're not like orcs. They're more like murlocs is what they remind me of from work. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, but it's like in, in, in um, Heroes 5 and 6, you have uh, these whole factions. Uh, well, gosh, I can't remember about 6 anymore. But in Heroes 5, you have one that's essentially like, oh, it's like the Underdark faction of, of you know, just a bunch of monstrous foes. Yeah, It's yeah. not orcs and it's not undead. Trolls and goblins and all those fun guys, yeah. Um. We've talked a little bit about the Arleon campaign and the Rana campaign. Have either of you played any of the other? Not no, me. I have um, not. Other two? Yeah. I'm curious to see, especially with, uh, with the, um, uh, the mercenaries, the Loth, like, um, or the, sorry, the undead toxic cultist faction, <laughs> like what? What is their campaign going to be about? Uh, we'll have to check but, that out at some point. But the campaigns feel like there's a lot there. I mean, this is, again, going back to where you're talking about feed, like there's a good value for the price there. Mm -hmm. It seems like there's a lot of content. Right, right. Like, they, the story is pretty well developed, and um, they have, like, these musical interludes when you finish a mission, uh, which is, is kind of cool. It's like a ballad that you get a new verse of every time you finish. Yeah, I thought I would hate that. Uh, I thought it would be way too twee. <laughs> but it's actually it's fine. Well, they're they're it, Mike, those are the songs <laughs> of conquest. It's literally the songs. They are. Of and uh, they do actually uh, a surprisingly <laughs> yeah. good job at it. I I that's what I want to say. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little bit cheesy, but yeah, it's like I I I find them pleasant to listen to even if the lyrics are a little bit like and then she went to here and then she did a thing. And then that thing that you did happened. Remember when that happened? Like it's, it's that kind of lyric. Yeah. But, it's really uh, short. Yeah. I think that's so, why it works. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It doesn't it, it, have it, a it, 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 it works because it's short and it's yeah. earnest. Right. Right. Um, and I liked those little tavern scenes too, that you got. It's very, the game has kind of like a, a cozy feeling to it, even though, you know, you're running around fighting, yeah. you know, zombies and you know, frogmen and stuff. Cozy is a very good word for this. Uh, they, it's definitely, you know, more descriptive than just, oh, I feel <laughs> nice playing it. Co yeah. Cozy is, is certainly a very good w word for this. It's, it's like, I don't feel like intellectually challenged, yet it's got some hard, it's definitely got some hard encounters. But it's just like you sit down and it's like you're getting a little I did hot. try because I, you know, I was playing for, through the first few chapters and I felt that exactly, right? Like, uh, this is nice, but I don't really feel a challenge. And uh, so, and I know now that it does, you know, the difficulty does scale up uh, as you get into the campaign. But my first thought was, well, I'm going to go and set this to hard. And um, it makes the overworld very interesting. The only real... I, I think maybe the battles were harder. I can't really tell for sure, but um, but there's a time limit on the number of turns that you can take for the chapter in the campaign, which, yeah, oh, so it changes your whole view on the overworld and, and you're not just, I think that it almost kind of seems like maybe they started with that and then they moved it to hard eventually because that explains, to me anyway, not knowing anything about heroes very, really, uh, why there's just so much stuff on the map to click on. Yeah, and I do want to say when I've when I've talked about the AI being kind of incompetent and skirmish, I'm mainly talking about on the campaign map, like the wielders actually knowing what to do and like how to build a good army to compete with you. I do feel like the in-combat AI is generally pretty good, and it might just be that it is a relatively simple battle system with a lot of like hidden complexity. Um, but it seems like they generally do a good job of like protecting their troops and focus firing, you know, who they're supposed to focus fire. Um, so it was challenging once I got into a battle. It's just that, you know, I would spend 50 turns building up this massive army and then I would find my rival finally. And it's like they have 
what looks like an early mid game army still <laughs> like what have you been doing all this time <laughs> so yeah um i don't know if if uh if you guys found that to be the case but the in battle ai i was not as disappointed with i thought the in battle ai was fine um what 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 I appreciated about it was it seemed to always prioritize my uh, range troops more than my mm-hmm. uh, melee troops. Right. Yeah. Like if you have some guys with shields, they're they're gonna take out your archers first usually before they go after those. Teams. Yeah, it feels fair. Yeah. I think in in the the actual battles. Um, I don't know if they're the best at spell <laughs> selection. That's the one thing where I'm like, I don't, I don't know if you're really using your your essence optimally here, because uh, yeah, you can really turn some battles pretty quickly if you save up your essence for the right moment and know, you know, which spells you're gonna cast to uh, to sort of uh, set up some combos and things like that. But because um, that's the other thing is is you you can cast a lot of weaker spells or you can choose to save it up for a smaller number of bigger ones, which is usually what I found to be unless I was fighting some just like random bandits or something waiting for those like five essence spells uh, usually was smart. Um, it's it, it's kind of like just with some of the older hero games where you wanted to either use your tiny spells to help you get through a battle and lose as few troops as possible or Oh, this one's going to be a little harder, so let's nuke some. I did have some notes that I wrote down a bit about how, you know, the dialogue. We already covered how generic early on is as a as a faction. I think the writing is kind of along the same tier, you know, it's kind of generic fantasy time yeah. and uh but it's uh, you know, whatever. You you're not really there for that. Um so it's it's just kind of there. But I think like overall it just feels like um, the right elements are in Songs of Conquest that I am actually quite interested in playing through the entire campaign, which I don't think I've done for something that has that it's not exactly an RPG, but it's, you know, it's got those elements. It's trying for those things. Um, that's not something I, I would normally do, but I, I think that there's just so much sort of mounting layers of complexity and potentially difficulty um that i think that's that's really interesting and uh yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to trying uh uh multiplayer with actual people sometime yeah how did you end you know, up feeling about it overall jason um it's uh, you know to borrow your word you know it's cozy and it's something that you know i can see myself playing for the next few months Picking at it an hour here, picking at it for an hour and a half there. Um, it's definitely a, a, a great game to sit down with after a long day and put it on full screen and turn off all social media and all other notifications, get some, get a snack and get some beer and sit there and, and, and just have a good time. Um, every time I play it, I've had a good time. It's just... Uh, it doesn't recapture that feeling for me, though, that I had in the first hour where it's like, oh, this is just like I remember to where now it's like, oh, OK, well, it's just like I remember it. I, I'm enjoying it. But it's, it doesn't get that that rapturous feeling I had for that first hour of dipping into the nostalgia. Yeah, well, I kind of did want to bring it back around to what you said at the very beginning, which is like you're not sure if this is the type of game you want anymore what is it about um this this style of game that i guess uh what what has caused you to move on from it or what are you playing instead that that sort of takes the place of of what you used to get out of that sort of thing it's funny because i'm not playing anything revolutionary i'm just playing some old games i'm back in Baldur's gate 2 and i'm picking away at um elden ring still but um it's not that it's it's for me is you take a look at um some other retro based games where um the the whole idea is they either take those old mechanics and polish them so well or polish the art so well in that uh, retro aesthetic 
or they do something very interesting with how they approach their talent system or their skill system or their magic system, or they just write really good stories to go with it. Like with Divinity, you know, you've got that uh, one-two punch of, you know, just a great system that also has some very good storytelling with it. And I know not, I know Pillars of Eternity isn't everyone's thing when it comes to a retro RPG, but I really enjoyed the storytelling and the world building there too. And so for me, those were very easy to spend with, uh, you know, a retro style old school RPG. And as somebody who hasn't played a lot of what I would say retro um, strategy games, because I'm usually, if I play strategy games, it's something that's more current. Um, it's like, oh, okay, well, I've done that. And I can always go back to what that was before. But, um, you know, maybe this is something that, like I said, you know, if I just pick at it here and there over the next few months in small batches, it'll be probably something I, I still stick with. I just don't see myself sitting there and playing it for two or three hours at a time. Yeah, no, I totally agree sort of with with the role in my gaming life that this sort of has uh, taken up where it is. It is, uh, like I said, cozy. It is definitely sort of the type of game you can load up for a little bit in the evening and just kind of have a chill, uh, chill session of. Um, and uh, I, I think really the, the AI issue is the one issue where I'd say, OK, this this needs to be improved if I'm going to have like a more of a, a long term. Um, if this is going to have have more of a more longevity for me, I think, you know, the skirmish, yeah, I would probably need to be polished up a little bit. But I am kind of interested in seeing how the other campaigns play out. Um, because, yeah, as as sort of like basic fantasy, you know, uh, as the, the Arleon campaign was, it sounds like the Rana have a much more interesting story. And that makes me wonder what the other other two factions are going to get up to um, as well. Um, so I definitely say that, you know, people who especially if you were an old might and magic fan, uh, this is worth checking out. I think uh, if you if you like, you know, sort of laid back turn based tactics games uh it it's not plagued by the same early access issues <laughs> that uh that have led i i would uh, this is another reason i wish john had been here because i would i would love to know if this passes his test for a good early access game since he is uh the early access hater as we all know um, <laughs> but uh yeah I, I mean it feels it feels like a full release it feels more like a full release game than some full release games i've played yeah so, so yeah. let's let's look back at the game that recently released out of early access gordian quest uh i really enjoyed that and but when it was first in early access it was really just one chapter uh-huh. whereas this you have you have four different factions you can be playing plus a multiplayer skirmish mode so when it comes when it comes to that it's like this game you know, could probably stand alone just as it is. Um, and then you, you make little parts of it better, but they're still going to add a lot more to it. So, you know, my experience, I think it's a really good early access effort. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts on uh, Songs of Conquest before we get out of here for I think the evening? That... Uh, if, if you like this, if, if you like Heroes of Minor Magic and have been wanting to replay it a lot, uh, go ahead. I was it was interesting leading up to this. I was reading a bunch of Steam reviews, and I know that's not always the best barometer, but in in, in some of the negative Steam <laughs> in reviews some of the, aren't reliable sometimes. Is that what you're trying in, to say? In several of the negative ones, it was you know this really nails what Heroes of Minor Magic does. I just don't know if that's for me anymore. It was like just echoing kind of some okay. of the same thoughts. Yeah. I'm I having. think if you're somebody who hasn't really gotten into the Hom games. Uh, then, you know, maybe you're not quite ruined for that yet and you can have fun with this because I'm having fun with it for sure. Yeah, no, I, I would uh, I would definitely agree. Um, even as somebody who only played a little bit of those older games um, that uh, I uh, I can recommend this one for sure. 
So I think that's going to do it. Um, a little bit of a shorter chat on a little bit of a, a smaller game this week, um, but one that we overall enjoyed, at least until, you know, we talked to John and he's, you know, if he ends up being like, no, it's it's garbage. Sorry. <laughs> that happens sometimes with <laughs> uh, uh, 3MA Discord. Um, but yeah, Three Moves Ahead is hosted on the Idle Thumbs Network. Uh, you can go check out our forums over there on uh, idlethumbs.net slash 3MA. Um, we're also supported on Patreon by listeners just like you, where for uh, as little as a dollar per month, you can help us out to uh, keep making shows and, and doing fun stuff. And uh, that's going to be patreon.com slash 3MA. We are at 3MA on Twitter, um, where I now have admin privileges. Uh, so uh, Quake and Terror and uh, um, I don't know. My brain is already gone after this last <laughs> week of uh, not really E3, but kind of E3 press madness. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm on. Yeah. I don't miss that this week. <laughs> That's true. I, not I guess miss that at all. Yeah, there wasn't really a lot of like esports news or anything. So, uh... oh, we had some esports news, but it wasn't anything that was like this. It was like, oh yeah, I, like, my yeah. My takeaway from this week was, oh, Overwatch Two is going to be free to play. Well, yeah, it should be. Duh. And yeah. that's all I really had to worry about. <laughs> you mean, Overwatch One Point Five, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, what was the uh, Frost Giant um, revealed their thing, uh, which is a bunch of ex Starcraft Two people, which I'm quite excited about because Starcraft Two esports that was my thing back in the day. Um, oh, it's such a shame what's happened there. Yeah, yeah, we could do a whole episode on that. Maybe we should. Um, but uh, yeah, I hope that what they're doing catches on and gets a good audience because I miss. I miss classic RTS in the esports space. We don't really have it anymore on on the kind of scale that we used to. So, um, not even in Korea anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's sad. Um, but uh, yeah, so that'll do it for this week. So uh, for Mike and uh, for Jason, this is Len saying good night. <laughs>